Well, good morning, everyone. We woke up to some beautiful, but definitely not Zimbabwe weather this morning. And yet I think the Lord knew what he was doing because uh, the scripture that we're gonna be looking at together today talks about exactly what took place this last night while we were sleeping, okay? So you remember that. Nancy mentioned that we uh, have been in a time of transition, able to sort of redirect some of our efforts and prayers and hearts, and one of those areas took us down into the very remote northern reaches of Zimbabwe. Much of Zimbabwe is a high plateau, three to 5,000 feet above sea level, very fertile. People live there, there's not much malaria up there, and uh, they grow beautiful crops. But we were able to go down the road that had been carved through the mountains, hairpin turns like this, down into the wide expanse, some 40 or 50 miles of the Zambezi floodplain. But you go down there and it's a different world. We went down in September, hot, dry, it hasn't rained for six months. Everything dries up. You step out of your vehicle and you get a little puff of dust. Some of you have been there before, those kind of places. Dry, shriveled up, burnt anything, many, many things which appear to have no life in them left. We went down there, were able to meet with some of the church elders and leaders. They were very glad. They got a few together from some of the churches in the, in the district there, and we were able to talk with them and encourage them towards maybe some, uh, some way that we can facilitate some, some, some enabling in handling the word of God and, and, and access to some of the materials that, and courses that Nancy was, had mentioned. So we came down into this hot Zambezi Valley, dry, dusty, desolate, mosquito-ridden, believe it or not, Mosquitoes, we, we get in a room and at night it's heavy, hot, hard to sleep, and then we gotta put a mosquito net up because you just gotta. Um, anyway, so what a great experience it is to go down there again. Now, I want to read uh, a passage of scripture from Isaiah 55. You see, the, the land was desolate, the land is dried, the land is in thirsty and in need. It is miserable, but it's also, as, uh, it, in reality, it is a picture of the spiritual. Because while there has been a church that has been planted and there are a few congregations, small congregations dotted around, it is a thirsty land where so many people are given over to the worship of animistic 
belief, pursuing reconciliation with the Creator through access by the, by, by the spirits of ancestors that gone before. More recently, we were hearing, as we were down there, we were hearing of quite a significant influx of Muslim effort into the community. We've never had that there. There's talk about oil being found in, 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 in the Zambezi Valley. And uh, of course, that becomes a, an area of interest to, to, to many others. But the reality is, in the Zambezi Valley, there remains a desolation that is just thirsty and crying out for God's work. So let me read to you this passage in Isaiah 55. There, it's such a beautiful chapter. Uh, and we're only going to focus on two verses, and you'll understand what they are when we get there. But I'm going to read the whole chapter. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come and buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money on that which is not bread? and your labor for that which does not satisfy. Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me, hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. This sounds a little bit like New Testament gospel, doesn't it? My steadfast, sure love for David, behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the host, a holy one of Israel, for he is glorif has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. We've got the gospel in here, folks. Come, you're thirsty, you're in need, you're unsatisfied, come. Hear from me, partake of me, repent, turn to me. For the Lord is, will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts, God says, are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, 
giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. It shall not, it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing which I send it. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace and the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all of the trees of the field will clap their hands instead of the thorn that comes up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make the name of the Lord an everlasting sign that is not, that shall not be cut off. Lord, as we reflect on these, your words, we invite you to give us understanding. I desire, Lord, that by your spirit there might be freedom uh, in sharing that points to what you have to say for us, Jesus. Amen. Just so you know where we're going with this, we're going to be focusing on those verses that talk about the rain coming down and the word of God not being fruitless. So we're going to consider the rain from heaven. We're going to consider the word of God we're going to consider a few important implications that come from these verses. And then we're going to consider what use we can make of it. So let's consider the rain from heaven. For the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. The rain comes from heaven. The rain is God's provision. The rain and the snow, which add moisture to this earth, to the soil we walk on and plant our seeds in, that rain is a gift of common grace from our God in heaven. Our Father extends his grace to all mankind, whether they acknowledge him or not. It comes from heaven, but there is something that happens when it falls on a dry thirsty, scorched land. Maybe you've seen it. Dry, dusty, nothing producing here. When the rains come, and they come for three or four months, when the rains come, and those big first drops hit the soil, you get these puffs of dust. And then you get this amazing sensation of smell. Wow, the rain's here. And then it's drenched. And then within a matter of weeks, sometimes days, something happens. There is a transformation that takes place where there is nothing but dust and soil, the, the grass seeds that had been hidden in the dirt are germinated and sprout up green. 
and the wild flowers, which you wouldn't believe. There they are in the bush. And the trees take on a healthy dose of leaves. And the fruit starts to blossom in the wild berries. There is something that is mysterious and powerful and irresistible that takes place when the rain comes. And it results in seed. And the farmers put their seed in the ground. And they eat the harvest of it. And they rejoice in it. We are dependent on God for the rain and the snow. In fact, if you were among Zimbabwean Christians, and I'm sure many other places too, whose lives are very tied to what they are able to grow, very often the conversation goes like this when it comes getting ready for the, for, for the rains. It's like, hey, is it raining where you're from? Because that's, that, that, that's, that's a promise of life. Something happens. There's a power at work that, that, that you can't explain, but it happens. And so that bush down in the Zambezi Valley, if you or I were to drive down those same roads today, the rains have been falling for a couple of months. It would be lush and green, and the cattle would be fat. And the crops would be growing, and the people would be, praise God. So let's consider the word, why God gives us this picture. Uh, because it corresponds so beautifully with what he does with his word. His word comes from him. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. It is, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God has chosen to reveal himself, to speak into this world. He spoke and brought creation into existence. He speaks to his people. He spoke in the times past through his prophets. He spoke more recently through his son, Jesus Christ. He has preserved for us his written word in the scriptures. He has his Holy Spirit at work in his church, which is, which is a demonstration of God in this world. God speaks. And what he speaks is not of our creation. It's not our philosophies. It's not that which comes from dynamic leaders. It's not that which comes from social influencers. God said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are, my way, are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. But also, when we consider the word of God as spoken of here, it will not return empty. 
It's not ineffectual. A community, a people, an individual who is soaked in the word, who receives that which is shared by God in heaven, there's going to be something that happens there, folks. It, what God speaks is not ineffectual. It's not empty. It's not vain. It will accomplish God's purposes. It will certainly accomplish whatever God purposes. Now, let's consider just a few uh, implications from this. God's word always makes a difference. God's word always makes a difference. However it is shared, whether it's in creation which speaks of his power and might and majesty, whether it is through the witness of a patient on a hospital bed to someone who's attending them, whether it is a neighbor, whether it is a tract, whether it is preaching, whatever it is, how God speaks into this world, it always makes a difference. There's a mysterious, powerful, transforming thing at, uh, that, that's worked. And it's not ours, it's not our strategies, it's not our wisdom, it's not our abilities. There is something we need to understand when God speaks his word, it always makes a difference. God's word always succeeds. It always accomplishes his sovereign purposes. Now, Pastor Daniel has spent some time in, with, with us in, in Isaiah. Isaiah is a, is a magnificent book. And here's some of the things that, that, that we hear in this book from Isaiah 40, verse 6 to 8. A voice says, cry. And I say, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like a flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, but what? But the word of our God will stand forever. The word of our God will stand forever. A little further on in chapter 46, remember this and stand firm. Recall it in your mind, you transgressors. Remember former things of old. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Get this. Declaring the end from the beginning. That's our God. And from ancient times, things not yet done. That's our God. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country. I have spoken. I will bring it to pass. I, will, I have purposed and I will do it. And... And, and, and the scriptures are filled with examples of God speaking 
and recording what transpires exactly as God spoke. Some of which God has spoken is yet in the future. He says he's coming again. He says one day he's going to demonstrate his presence in, in, in power and glory and all of the nations will, will, will submit to him. He knows the end from the beginning. What he speaks comes about. Our witness sharing God's word is God's design and plan. And it's not ever wasted or in vain. You get that? When God's word is shared in whatever form, our witness, his word never is in vain. The truth is once in a while the Lord gives us a little tiny glimpse of something that we said to somebody in a situation and they found the Lord. But the truth is there are many things that are shared. Many times the word of God is offered in a situation or to people and we don't know what happens. You know the truth is it doesn't matter. Because God's word is like rain that seeks into the soil and he does something that's mysterious and powerful. And Jesus spoke of that parable of the farmer who plants his seed and goes at home and sleeps and day and night he goes about his business. But what happens? <laughs> the seed germinates, takes root, sprouts, brings fruit. You see... When we consider the word of God and are reminded of here is that our witness, our sharing good news, our sharing his heart, it doesn't return empty. Our engagement in missions is in keeping. It's central, it's, it's very much at the heart of God who has a heart for the world. But where is that? You got this program, right? Here we are. Calvary Church Missions Outreach. And there are quite a few people and organizations that are linked here. Calvary has a long, a long involvement in extending ministry to different parts of the world and different hurting communities. Much of them overseas, but certainly not all. Take, for example, Dan and Lucy Brubaker, the first couple there, Bible translators in Mali with Wycliffe. Dan and Lucy have given more than 30 years helping to translate the Minyanka Old Testament and New Testament. Because there is something powerful and mysterious and earth-changing when the word of God is put into the hands of a country and a community. They understand that. That's why they're there. That's why they go through. Let me tell you, they, 
They've had a rough time of it. But why do they bother? It's because they understand this truth that the word of God as it's shared has power and transformation and does things that God intends. One of them being that all the nations of this world would be blessed. One of them being that his church would be planted and nothing would stand against it, even hell itself. They believe it. They know it. That's why they're working. They give themselves to it. That's why the Straits are in Kenya. They are able to facilitate evangelism going out into different communities and countries. They are able to facilitate those who are engaging in church planting. That's why, uh, that's why Charlie Kerr goes to the, uh, to, to the mission and to other, other churches. It's because there is something that is in the, in the word of God that needs to be shared. And when it is shared, it doesn't return void. God does something. And it's according to his purposes. And that's a great thing to know. Here we are. We've got folks here. I don't know them. I don't really know what they do. I see, I, I, I see Selena Chai. In Cambodia, she is with a radio broadcasting outfit there. She is not broadcasting stuff just to get social media hits. She's broadcasting stuff because in her heart, she understands that it's the word of God that is needed in all of the area that that radio reaches. Because the word of God doesn't return void. We don't always know what happens, but let me tell you, something happens when the word is shared. And that's why Kim and Sean are in Zimbabwe, and they love the opportunities to be in churches preaching and in classes teaching and, and helping equip people to share the scriptures. That's why we are there and looking forward to going back among other places, to the Zambezi Valley. We want to see the word of God again refresh and renew and grow. And we want to see those elders and those humble church leaders to be able to, to, to feast on the word and to be able to help their sheep to love it and drink from it. And when that happens, God does something. By his power and according to his purposes, he does something that is good. And we are looking forward to the day when we are able to rejoice. Able to drive down into that valley, not only see the green in the bush and, 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 and the fruit on the trees. We want to be able to go to that valley and say, yes, God is doing something here. He's giving life to those things which seem to have been dead. He's, he's, he's bringing life to, those, to that soil that seems to have had nothing there. So pray with us. In fact, as we, we go to this, we say, Lord, what use can we make of these things? I think it's important that we hear the truths that this, these verses teach us. The word of God doesn't return void. God does something. It is always, his purposes are always fulfilled. 
But we need to understand uh, that to be watered and washed and renewed by the word of God is something we all need. Some of us go through dry times, hard times. Some of us live in an environment that's, that's not friendly to grace. Dear friends, we need to be drenched by the word of God. It needs to be what we wake up with, what we live with. It needs to be in our hearts and our minds and in our conversations because when the word of God is with us and in us and washing us, something happens. And it's not what we do, it's something that God does. And God's purpose for you and for me isn't always clear to us. But I just would encourage you, let's be people who are watered, washed, renewed by the word of God. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. We need God's word at work in us. We also need to be part of what God is doing. We need to be part of what God's doing. Do you love what God's doing? I, I think, let's, in our interactions, in our prayers, in our conversations, in our goals, let's make sure that we keep God's purposes in our heart. And God's word is very much part of that. Let's also be praying. You know what? Paul asks this of the Thessalonians, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored. Pray for us, Doug and Nancy Everswick, that as we return, that the word of God would go before us speedily and be at work and be honored. We've got folks here that Calvary has a relationship and a commitment to. It's a simple prayer. Pray that the word of God would speedily go forth and be honored. Don't send them out there and leave them alone to take care of themselves. Don't do it. Be part of what God is doing. Pray for them. Pray for us. I don't know if you caught the last part of that chapter. It's interesting, the songs were talking a little bit about this. For, for you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. This is immediately after talking about the word of God doing what it's going to do. You'll be, go out Enjoy and be led forth in peace, and the mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing. 
And all of the trees of the field clapped their hands. You know, if you drove down into that valley after the rains had started, you would understand this completely. There is a vibrancy, there is a joy in the creation itself. The rain has come. Praise God, life has been renewed. The dead has been raised. There's food and provision. And, and what a beautiful picture. Joy. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that it shall not be cut off. Dear friends, when the word of God is at work, things happen. And if you're close enough to see it and to observe it, it does something to you. If you get close enough to what's going on here, with these folks, with these organizations, if you are part of it, you will be close enough you, you, you just won't be able to hold back. God, praise God. Clap those hands. Rejoice. God bless you. Be sure to thank him for the snow and the rain and for what he does uh, by his word. Amen.